Good evening. It's another Friday night and you are rocking with Fresh Fellowship and Tea Time. Tonight, you are definitely going to want to tune in because we are talking about healing. Ladies, and I don't know about you, but there's some things in my body that needs to be healed. And if you don't know anybody else that needs to be healing, it's probably in your body. So we're going to be so excited tonight to welcome our guest, Constance Williams. She is a sister in Christ of mine. She's part of so many ministries. She is known for um, just public health and speaking on these topics. So tonight is going to be a good night to tune in, to listen about healing, to and pop in and have some answer, get some of your questions answered that you may have. So let's welcome our guest, Constance, to tonight's Tea Time. Hey. <laughs> hey, 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 welcome, 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 welcome. So excited to have you tonight talking about the topic of healing. It's one of those topics you stray away from, or you just mm -hmm. may not think it's real, or you, it's just something we're not really comfortable talking about. So I'm really grateful tonight that you are um, joining us tonight to share in with all your knowledge. I have my pen and my paper because your girl is taking notes tonight <laughs> so I can share um, what I learned tonight as well. So um, I wanted to read a scripture really quick before we mm -hmm. get started. So I want to read um, Luke chapter 13, um, verses 10 through 13. And it says, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called to her. He called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And so I want to talk, I want us to talk about just healing in particular, like just in this passage here, God called her to him and he heals her after 18 years. Mm -hmm. Why does sometimes it take so long for healing to happen? Why do we need healing? Did she not ask for it? Did she not pray for it? You know, um, it took 18 years for God to get the glory out of this situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's amazing about a lot of these situations is that it really depends upon um, just God's timing. Right. And there's a lot of behind the scenes activities that often he will work out. And then often he's waiting for us to come to a certain place as well in him. It's not perfection, but only he knows he's sovereign. He's all knowing. And so only he knows the correct and the most appropriate um, time. But he has given a lot. Um, he's equipped us and told us that we have authority to speak to things that are not as though they are. Um, I could tell you about my own healing journey. Back in 2015, um, I will even back up from that. Probably the prior year to that, I spoke some words that were very dangerous. And I'll get off into that another time, a little bit later in the conversation, that the power of the mouth and what we speak over mm. ourselves. Mm. The tongue is very, very powerful. And we need to choose wisely what we say. Because um, 
the evil forces, which we'll talk about, you know, that's often attached to illnesses, will use that as an opportunity, as a door opener, or to even mm. activate something that might even be in your bloodline. And so I spoke something very crazy, very foolish, but about a year later, that thing started to manifest. At the time, I was a assistant professor at a local university here at, in California. And I noticed that I started craving ice all of a sudden, and I couldn't understand why am I craving ice so much? And I was doing a whole um, lecture on anemia. And as I was going through that lecture, I started talking about different things people will do, eating bread, clay, and then even chewing ice. And I know a woman of my age, almost 60, I said, okay, I'm not having my cycle. <laughs> and, those things, and I said, okay, this is an issue. And as a nurse, I knew what this potentially could be, but I didn't want to let my brain get away from me because it's it was sort of somewhat fear provoking. So I simply made an appointment with my doctor and she knew at that time I was only a couple of years away from um, actually turning the age where I should have gotten a colonoscopy. Sure enough, uh, about two days or so prior to my colonoscopy, I started feeling very faint and I was having some internal bleeding. Um, so I had to wait for my colonoscopy. I remember sitting with my husband in the outpatient center. And because I used to be a hospital administrator, I knew it's heck of quiet in here. Nobody's in here. And the chief <laughs> was coming to talk to me of surgery. This isn't good. She says, right. Let's go get your husband. I was like, oh Lord, what are you about to say? Right. Sure enough at that time. Um, she started showing me pictures. The first couple of ones weren't so bad, but then I saw this black sort of grayish area in my colon. And she said, yeah, this is not good. She says, this is cancer. And so it was colon cancer. And at the time I didn't realize what stage. And she said it was almost connected to what's called the hepatic juncture. So almost to the liver. And usually when that happens, that's very fatal. I just sort of went back. I just sort of lost it. A couple of days later, I knew what the procedure would be. I knew they would have to do an MRI on me to see if there's cancer anywhere else. Sure enough, it was ovarian. They found a huge ball on my right, like a lump, like this huge orange size on my right ovary. And so I am now thinking, God, what's going on? Oh, mm. okay, colon cancer, there's somewhat, but ovarian cancer? So I had to start warring in my mind at that time. And I thank God for people that he placed around me that were very much like sending me scriptures. And I had to get into a battle mode on that. And so yeah. I can say definitely the surgeons were real good. Everybody started speeding up the process. And I said, God, you know, thy will be done. I repented. And we'll talk about that a little bit of some words. I spoke some of my actions and attitudes and things that were going on. And I really meant that thing from the heart, not just because I was scared of a disease, more of a defensive type of prayer, but it was really because I was like, God, I didn't even realize. And he taught me a lot of valuable lessons during that time away. I remember decreeing and declaring before I went into surgery, I said, okay, God, no chemo. They're not going to cut me way open like they said. And I don't want to be in the hospital for um, more than seven days, like five to seven days. Like they were they were projecting that you're going to be in the hospital for about five to seven days. And sure enough, um, and I said, I don't want a lot of pain. So when I got out, 
They only made these little pin size holes. I had no really pain or discomfort, so I didn't need any of the narcotics or anything. The only thing I forgot to pray for was about the anesthesia, not being sick 24 <laughs> hours after. But within 48 hours, I was let out of the hospital. And then two wow. weeks later, I got the news. I did have stage two cancer from my um, colon, but didn't need to do anything else. They pretty much, they got it all. And wow. then also for my ovarian, it was the rarest of rarest type, but it was the good type. It was the type that 95% that it never shows up again. So mm. God blessed me through that, but a lot of lessons, a lot of, a lot of things came through that. And so I do know personally God as a healer. And 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 so um, as as I heard you say, you had to get into battle mode. Mm -hmm. What what is battle mode? Because um, why can't I just pray and be healed? Why can't yeah. somebody else just pray for me and be healed? Why do I need to go into battle mode? Why do I need to repent? I just need to be healed. Like God should just be able to hear my prayer yeah. and just do those things. So why repentance? Why battle mode? Why yeah. change the way you were thinking? And why repent of what you said? Why? Well, what I said wasn't good. And it was almost speaking like giving the opportunity for the enemy to come in um, because I was frustrated. Sometimes we use words and we really mm. don't mean them, but we're recklessly losing them. Like, oh, you're killing me. Oh, you're this or that. And people mm. say these things daily all the time without realizing they're like, thank you. Thank you that you're saying that these things because you're sort of calling them in. Even sometimes when people feel a little cold or something coming on, oh, I'm sick. Oh no, I'm healed. I'm holding Jesus name. You know, I don't need to start snooping around trying to figure out and guess what I might have. No, God already told me I'm whole. I'm healed Amen. in Jesus name. Amen. So, you know, Amen. I don't have to do that. So the battle mode for me was my mind. And so the weapons of our warfare, I believe it's in 2 um, Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Yes, um, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for pulling down of the strongholds. And I'm going to stop right there. Strongholds are these thoughts that are erected a lot of times through life experiences, what we've seen even in other things, whether it's movies, um, other people's experiences. You know, um, I know in the African-American community, I'm just going to pick on us that often when certain diseases are spoke of, we'll whisper of it almost like, ooh, we don't want to catch it. Like it could be caught or we don't want to talk about it. So we'll ignore it. You know, I remember when HIV AIDS first came out, people were like very much, you know, they got that virus. You know, but not really going into the fact of let's address this. Let's go into battle. What does this mean? Did we educate ourselves with knowledge about? Did we ask God for the strategies on how to go about this? What does the word inform us about whatever it is that we're facing? So those strongholds, um, psychology will call it negative thoughts. Okay, I'm also a psych NP now, so I find this, <laughs> this merging of the mental health and um, the way we think and everything. But um, it is the way we think. And often those strongholds become truths in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we have to fight against those strongholds in our mind mm -hmm. to line up with the word of God. And that's where you find a lot of times doubt, unbelief, fear, 
all those emotions that are often stirred up, making it hard. So instead of eating the full scroll, as we are taught to do all 66 books, we'll compartmentalize and say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll receive that. But this, I don't know. So, yeah. So it's, it's the doubt. So one, one, one thing that comes to mind to me is just the fact of, so God chooses who he wants to heal. Because what if I'm in battle mode? What if I am using the word of God? Am I healed or am I not healed? You know, yeah. if the Bible says that I am whole, am mm -hmm. I really whole? Mm -hmm. You know, is it because I don't feel that I'm whole? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, how, how do we recognize that if God says you're whole, you're whole? Whether you okay, feel it, whether you recognize it, or whether you receive it. That's a very good question. It's actually a loaded question, Carissa. And the reason why I say it's loaded, because I have learned, of course, we know God's ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. So he does things and he'll answer things. And when God speaks to things, he actually speaks to the end of things. So often, um, I'm going to use this as an example. Somebody... Um, Paul, let's talk about Paul from the Bible, and then we could bring it to a modern day. Paul was afflicted with something. We don't know, you know, theologians guess, but he was afflicted with something. And he had that until he was taken out of here. And now we know Paul was a mighty man. Paul was a murderer. He did all these heinous crimes before. Mm -hmm. But when God met him on the road of Damascus and he had his transition into, okay, I know the Lord now, and I'm walking in this relationship with him. He was still left with an affliction. And so there was a way that he was kept, um, I would say, girded into the vine, girded into the Lord. And so I have learned to be very specific with my questions sometimes if I really want to know the answer. And um, God will answer you. You know, before we go off on tangents, before we do anything, we need to ask God, God, is this sickness? I asked him, I said, is this unto death? I really did. Once I got stable in my mind enough to ask him and he told me no. In fact, he told me, my daughter, you've um, what did he say? He says, my daughter, you've already been through the worst of things and things are not what they seem. What was ironic about that statement is he told me that seven days before I had my colonoscopy and I was going through some other things at that time. And so I was able to hold on and pull that word and that word he gave me, find it in scripture, and then also then take that moving forward in my process. Okay. Now, some people might have um, asthma, like say, for instance, they have asthma. But and and they had it, and occasionally they'll have these exacerbations, and you know um, maybe there has been some damage to the lungs or the, some scar tissue or whatever. Yet they might not even have any exacerbations, mm. but they do an X-ray, they still see the damage there. Mm. But they're like, I, I feel good, right? And so the doctors want to still label you as having reactive airway disease asthma. You know, it's not to say that when healing comes that it's in the way that we may think mm. but knowing that the ultimate healing that we can have in life is that we are healed in our relationship with god we are healed mm. in the way to be mm. and to fulfill the plan that he has written in the book of life about us we are healed and whole and often we you know it's human nature to say well that's not fair sometimes or is that the way but the more you draw nigh unto him in relationship, the sweeter and the more you'll begin to understand 
even why he might be even taking you through a certain path. Mm. You know, it might be for somebody else's benefit. And a lot of times it is for the greater masses, you know, mm -hmm. in order, as he says, you know, you have to be the least of me in order to be the greater in a sense, mm -hmm. like you have to. And, and so sometimes our sufferings and what we go through, it's not for us. It's for others. It's for yeah. other people to come into the fold because this side is temporary. You know, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I said to God one day, I had an activity where I had to write my own eulogy. And I said, God, I believe in Jesus name. I'm behold and healed. Amen. And, and I'm going to live into this age. And I just wrote out the vision, you know, of all that I hope to accomplish. I said, God, you tell me it's not about mm -hmm. me. Tell me what I'm supposed to accomplish in life. Right. right, right, and right. give me the wherewithal to be able to do it. You know, and we'll sometimes ask it. God for a miracle. God, give a miracle. Save this person. God, do what yes. you can to touch them. And then yes. God says, "I want to use you." And He yes. say, "God, no, don't use me in that way." Well, yes. do you want God to show Himself to that person through you? You know, yes. we kind of have. Okay, God, do this, but don't use me too much. Yes. Don't involve me in the process. But yeah. just take me there. And so I want to I wanna ask this question of you. Mm -hmm. We talk about healing in the physical sense. Mm -hmm. What about healing for those who may be possessed with demons? Okay. So what so I want to ask you. Go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Well, let's just talk about what demons are to begin with. Demons are fallen angels. Do they exist? All you have to do is just turn on any song on the radio, turn on the TV, turn even on a kid show, go anywhere. And our culture is saturated with the with that type of um, messaging that is contrary to the word of God. And I say that um, it, it really is. And a lot of that even has infiltrated, sadly, into the house of God, you know, into the church. And that's why I think right now that there's a lot of repentance that is needed from the house. But um, demons are just fallen angels. Jesus said, I believe it is in Luke 10 and 18, he says, um, he said, behold, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven, you know. And so when we talk about Satan and the fallen angels, let's talk about Satan first. He is a fallen angel, but he was a very high-ranking angel. So he was in the inner sanction, the inner court of God. He was like one of the top ones. And as he was created, as it talks about in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 13 through 16, he was created by God and he was a worshiper. So he was also called to cover and protect the throne. So, um, but he got puffed up. Pride was what it was. And he was beautiful and all these things. He even got stripped of his original name. And God was going to have no one else above him, rightfully so. And so at that time, as you can imagine, there was like a, you know, if you want to call it a coup in heaven, because there was those who sided with Satan. And because of that, they were all cast down into what's called the firmament. OK, so if you go back to Genesis and we go back to the Garden of Eden, there's a period of time that I believe we can't account for. Often we think God created the heavens and the earth in seven days and then Adam and Eve messed up. No, they probably walked with God for who knows if they're when they're 
was no time because there probably was no time when they walked with God. And this is just what I sort of hypothesize or believe because there's a lot of stuff even that we discover here on the earth, such as like dinosaur fossils, things like that, that, you know, you can't really attribute to. But those the enemy was cast down into this realm. And so demons are very real. Um, with the fall of man, with Adam disobeying, because it was really Adam if you know who took part from what Eve said, and so they both came as one, committed that, then mm -hmm. what happened was sin entered in the world. Mm -hmm. And so then that gave carte blanche to the enemy to start enacting whatever the word the world became fallen. And what I think is a, is amazing is how much art imitates the real life. And I'm not talking about the real life of what we live in day in and day out. I'm talking about the spiritual realm. Often a lot of these Disney movies, they'll show everything was beautiful in the kingdom. And then the wicked witch comes in and whatever and whatever, and there's darkness. And there used to be a happy ending. Now the enemy is really full force taking over the Hollywood and make it just look like it's bleak and doom <laughs> all the time. But those are fallen angels. And even Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, talks about um, the great dragon, which was cast out. So that's another one that speaks to um, the enemy. And he came to deceive the whole world. And so he was cast to the earth, which substantiates just what I said. And his angels were cast out with him. Mm -hmm. So they are very much real. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, the first miracle <coughs> that Jesus did um, was done in the church. It was done in the synagogue. He cast the devil out of a, a church member going in there, you know, in the synagogue. Okay, we're going to stop right there. <laughs> and, you know, um, we, we talk about man being fallen. Then we talk about um, what was happening in the synagogue. Those same things were happening then where sickness was taking place. Healing needed to take place. It's still happening now in our church. Yeah. In our church, in our yeah. church, this is supposed to be the body of God. So as a church body, knowing this, what is our role when we come against this, when we see it, but we don't know what to call it or we're afraid to call it because maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a loved one's child. And so we don't want to talk about it. But how do we begin to talk about that? Because if God certainly healed then, he certainly heals now. Yes. And so now we might have, you know, one of the things that's been missing for the modern church here, at least in the United States, has been what we called, um, you know, deliverance in a sense. I remember when I was a little girl, certain churches, they actually had the ministry of deliverance. It was nothing that was, you got the devil in you and blah, 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 and that, whatever. They just simply had the authority and power to call those things out. Um and it's become more of a lost art. Now you've seen a reemergence, which we praise God for, that many he is calling forth, even on social media, you've seen those with ministries, that it's emerging because um, he's coming back for the church. So if the church is stopped up with a lot of afflictions, damage to the soul, and even, I'm just going to call it, in the bloodline, which is the um, iniquity, you know, that's the bloodline, that's the bent propensity, the, um, you know, you might not understand why as a kid you were always angry, but maybe because it stems all the way back to great, great, great grandpa 
who murdered someone and opened up the portal or the door for the enemy to come in, that occasionally, you know, it's in the bloodline, you know? And so that's line of iniquity, those things. And at this point, we're so backed up, a lot of people. It's not that you're not saved. It's the fact that your soul has been damaged. The line of iniquity has never been purged. It's like buying a new house and you're calling it a new house. And um, but maybe the construction people didn't clean it out. And that sounds confusing to Christians because they would say the blood of Jesus takes care of everything. Mm -hmm. Yes, it washes. But then if you read through the letters, there's something talked about living holiness, holiness, living a certain lifestyle, not from anything from the flesh, but it says walk in the spirit. You got to deny the lust of the flesh. And so when we don't deny the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, those are somewhat like door opens to allowing us to have our soul contaminated. And so we're made up of flesh, of course, body, spirit and soul. So when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he comes into your spirit, man. But your soul is still raggedy taggedy. Did you call also raggedy taggedy? Oh, we got some raggedy taggedy souls going on. So then we try to praise over it and wondering why. And Jesus, I ain't going to do that no more. And yeah. oh, whatever. Yeah. And then we're wondering why we're still not walking in, 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 in freedom. Because we're not addressing those deeper issues. Those um, things that might have happened to us in our youth. Those hurts, rejections, things that we're not even really thinking about. You know, so how do I know? How does somebody know? Just going on with you said, there's some repentance. There's something in the bloodline that's carried over. How do I know to ask God for that? How, where do I begin with this repentance topic? That's good. That's very good. You know, um, the way you just is just what you said. Get along with with Jesus. You know, I I love my dates with Jesus. You know, I make a joke, you know, yeah, I got a husband, but I like to, I like to go on dates with Jesus. That's the safest one you can go on, right? You can have, have an affair. Go <laughs> out with Jesus. And, but you have those conversations. You say, God, one of the first things I did a couple of years ago is I started asking God, show me me, show me me, and then get ready. He's mm. going to start showing you, you. Mm. He's going to start showing the things that need to be cleaned up. And you just don't ignore it. You start addressing it, going through the word. One of the exercises he gave me, he says, okay, you got an anger problem. He says, there's nothing wrong, my God, with being angry. He says, you could be angry and sin not. But it turns into sin when you let the sun go down and you just keep talking about next day, you going on about it. You, you Now your, your attitude is flipped up, switched up. You're doing this and that. But there's a way to it. So he says, let the, let my joy be your strength. Now I want you mm. to study joy. Mm. So he gave me the inverse of words to start going through and studying until it got rooted in me. And I'm still working through many of these things, right? But the first part is being honest with yourself and being on. God already knows, but repentance is the first step to freedom. You have to have a, a resolved mind to say, I'm going to stay in a perpetual place of repentance. One of the things, um, one of the holidays that's coming up, it's, I think it's Yom Kippur, it's this month, the Jewish holiday. 
And what they do is they go through and, you know, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the priests, you know, God looks at the heart. But one of the rituals they went through was taking the Hebrewic alphabet and praying through each one in repentance. Mm -hmm. Every word associated. So if it's like ours, A for anger, abuse, alcoholism, um, adultery, whatever it may be, it's a good practice. And really from the heart, start having those hard attitudes about change me, Lord, make me new. You told me I'm a new creature. Help me to renew my mind so that when, um, example, I had a hard day at work, so I'm going to go turn it up tonight. You know, I'm good. I deserve a night to turn it up instead of maybe and turning it up might be with a little alcohol. Or I know of, you know, now that the new thing is popping pills. People don't think that's a drug, but taking pain pills mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To, to anesthetize. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that becomes more of your little idol, a little God. And those things, he says, I'll have no other God before me. It might be the fact of food, whatever it may be. But we have to be in that place of God. Keep me sensitive to your spirit to know what am I making an idol? I wrote this um, not too long ago. I love popcorn. And you might think, oh, that's just like, so what's the big deal about popcorn? No, it was a sin in my life. I could eat popcorn every day, every day. Like, Unwind popcorn. It wasn't a glass of wine. It was popcorn, which is the weirdest thing. And I remember I was visiting my family um, during the holidays, the Christmas holidays, and they bought Garrett popcorn. Well, you know, Chicago, I ain't got Garrett popcorn out here in Cali. I so, know. you know, it's like, what? <laughs> so I had the Garrett popcorn and the Holy Spirit said, um, yeah, we're going to stop this. I want you to stop eating popcorn at the first of the year. All together or just a few bags at no, a time, maybe twice a week, no, once no, no, a week. No, 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 no. I had to stop. And I knew it was coming because I knew even inside I made it an idol. Really? I knew I made it an idol. So I did knew. you repent of eating the popcorn? I had to because it wasn't so much the popcorn that was bad. It was the heart. That was you, that you were pursuing more than right. God. And it was more of the self-control. You know, when we look at the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five, there's the works of the flesh before a lot of the works of the flesh. All let's just say all of the works of the flesh is a is is attributed um, not to the enemy, because a lot of stuff is stuff that's within us that we want to do. Right. And so that's that propensity. That's what I desire to do. But it's fueled by evil. Right. In a sense. And so if you read that, I think it starts off at verse 19 and in, in, um Galatians chapter five. But then when you come to the war, to the spirit, you know, mm -hmm. one of the things that you should see as the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so yeah, that's interesting. I love how you related the popcorn to not having self-control. And mm -hmm. that's what God wanted you to see. Yeah. Hey, you better get some control about your right. popcorn. Right. You know, but it's something that little that if you're not in tune with God, you miss that. Yes. You yes. miss that opportunity of trying mm -hmm. to say, God, I hear you with something yeah. as little as popcorn. Because I might would have missed popcorn because I'm a gum chewer, smacking that gum and popping that gum. That is my control. Yeah. But you know, it reminds me of, hey, do I depend on this more than I depend on God? Do I have enough control? Do I always give in to yeah. my flesh? 
Yes. You know, and then my flesh in turn creates some other stuff, you know, right. healing or brings on some other, you know, evil activity. Because that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's a work of the flesh. The work of the flesh is an evil activity. It's against God. Yeah. And so for us to um to think about even something as small as that. So yeah. when I ask you, where do you start? You start right where God tells you to start. Right exactly. where you ask God, where should I start? Lord, yeah. what am I repenting of? Am I taking too many pills? Lord, am I pursuing something else that's going to give me me more self-control that I think I can handle this than God what you're asking me for. Yes, that's it. He wants us to surrender. And it's also a protective mechanism. You know, a lot of times people will say, you know, I don't understand why I'm not hearing God clearly. Well, take the blockage out. The blockage is sin. You know, we need to ask, you know, in James, I think it is chapter five, it talks about any of you sick among you. The first thing you do is repent. Because you, it makes you wonder, did, is there something? And it might not be of you that opened the door. It might be something in your bloodline, right? So mm-hmm. like in my bloodline is uh, something happened where there is high blood pressure. So I know on my father's side, high blood pressure. So when the light bulb came on after I had a C-section, I had to change up the way I ate things. I couldn't just eat and thank God I I grew out of it anyway, like bacon and pork chops and all Mm -hmm. this other stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to (laughs) go away from certain things. And even now like processed foods, stuff like that, because I knew that that was something that it's not a sin to eat those things. God said, you know, to Peter, go and eat everything I made is clean or whatever. But it's the fact of, if I have that knowledge, why am I going to still act in a way that is not acting in a way of let this being God's temple and being obedient to what he's calling. And then that disobedience opens up the door to a lot of either, I would say, oppression. And especially if we haven't cleared out the issues of the heart, Mm. you know? Mm. And so we give the enemy carte blanche to play on those emotions, to play on those things and wondering why, you know, we have to be false flagging when we go to church, say, oh, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored and you tore from the floor up. You know, now you, you know that person's tore up. <laughs> and you, you're just constantly like, so yeah. we're gonna act like this doesn't happen, which is another thing of yeah. the um, not being able to be free because Satan wants to keep us in bondage. And yeah. so his goal is, keep you acting like you're all good and you're not all good. Even if, you know, um, like just, just spiritually, just cleansing ourselves, repentance. How many times are we not asking God to forgive us or they better get over it or it's just okay. Or that's just how I am. Or that's just how my family is. Well, that's just the sin you're going to keep harboring in your heart. That's That's just the sin that's going to separate you. That's just the sin that's going to keep you from from being free. And yes. so with that, you know, after we've repented, you know, and say, it's not me, say, it's a loved one that I need to talk to. And they're like, oh, I've repented. It's not about repentance. I just have to be, I just have to be raggedy because that's what, that's my life that God has called me to. God mm-hmm. wants me to be this. So like, I'm going to be a martyr to my sickness. I'm going to be a martyr to having these dealings. I'm going to be a martyr to what I have, you know, how do we help those who are in that mode 
Like, right. You don't have to be. So the process is repentance, but then it's a, a, another process is renouncing. So once a person knows that they repent, repent is saying, God, I'm truly grieved by whatever it is, X, Y, and Z. So now what I'm going to do is I have authority. He says, I've given you authority. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. It is done. Now you take it. He showed us how to live this life. And the problem is, is we expect him from the throne room to keep executing everything. Oh, Jesus, please heal me. Jesus, make this happen. He says, I've given you everything. I've given you, I've given my life. I've given my blood, but I've given you authority. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, is that we have every right to start renouncing these things. So um, I'll use this as an example. Um, somebody was in an adulterous affair and okay, they're making it known. So they, they are renouncing God. I renounce that I even did this. So it's like what you were talking about earlier. We start going down all the things renounce. Um, should I share that Holy spirit? <laughs> okay. I'm going to be careful. I'll tell you this. Because I want to be clean and I want to be a vessel used by God, I started asking. When you start asking, get ready. Get mm. ready to let things go for real. No ands, ifs, or buts are making excuses. I found out in my family lineage that my grandfather was a Freemasonary. Freemasonaries have demonic practices, very demonic, and I'm not going to go too far in that. I don't want to, I, I apologize. People can look into this themselves. I'm not trying to go right. there in that. But, I, day, but. Right, right. but the thing was, as I was looking at God, I want to clean my bloodline. I want to take all this stuff off. So as I was praying and praying and I was praying against that, renouncing that from the bloodline, he pointed out something that my father was involved in, that my mother was once, and she never kept it up, which now I understand why, and that I got involved with in college and made an allegiance to some unknown spirit in this organization that's historical. I had to repent, and I had to leave it behind. Mm, mm, mm. Because it's it, it it's satanic in a sense, and I hate to say it like that. Okay, I'm sorry. I could be a little rough, so let me pull back. If it's against God, that's what it's it against is. Against God, it's against God. You're doing vows into some unknown spirits in these rituals and making, you know, word things. And so, even though it's shrouded in goodness in doing other things. That's how the enemy works, right? He disguises himself as an angel of light. How serious do you want to be made whole? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Because are when you, you really, really get serious- thing and everything. Are you willing- everything. To are you willing to renounce it everything. and get rid of it? I had a situation where a lot of the women that I did this activity with, they were all trying. Of course, when I renounced it, denounced it, got rid of it, got rid of all the stuff that reminded me about it, you know, all the gear, everything, just tore it up, everything, you know, then they want to say, hey, we're doing this and that. And, and I said, God, what am I to do? He says, be you, but, you know, just be cordial. And but you're not. And I said, yeah. But I had to start telling people, I'm not doing that no more. I'm not affiliated. Mm. 
I'm not. And you know, that's that's another thing. When you are meeting with groups that are against God, mm-hmm. even if you don't know it though, because mm-hmm. some of it has good intentions. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that this group that I have, but when I tune into God and he tells me to denounce it, because mm-hmm. if not, then I'm leaving those, I'm leaving open spirit somewhere that we don't even think about. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't know that I brought this spirit into my house. That wasn't my right. intention. Or maybe right. some of the, the paraphernalia. I just brought this in and I did not realize that God is saying, once you denounce that, you get rid of that. Yes. You can no longer live in your house because you what you say, we're warring. I got to yeah. get in a war mode. And if I'm against it, I can't have it in the house with no, me. No, no. I can't be affiliated with it. And, you know, don't get me wrong. A lot of the, even the clothes we wear, you know, you, it's not like you can't, you you live in the world, not of the world. So, you you know, there's a reason why we bless our food, right? We bless mm-hmm. it. And I hope people are really blessing our food these days. You've got to bless it. You've got to, you've got to purify it. <laughs> you know, all of that. And, and so you don't, but it is saying that you are making a distinction between clean and unclean. Mm-hmm. And so you knowingly, when you get the knowledge, what are you going to do? It's like the man who came and Jesus said um, to the rich man, this is what you need to do. He says, what do I need to do? You know, and he turned away. He was sorrowful because he wasn't willing to give that up. Right, right. And so when you're, when we're not willing to give up things, Mm-hmm. We invite, we invite, we invite the enemy to come invite. on and and stay. You invite him. Now you mentioned something about um, the bloodline in your family. Mm-hmm. So what about um, substance abuse? What about sexual mm-hmm. abuse or trauma that comes from these spirits or this? Um, and you want to discuss it or bring it up in the family, but you're not sure how because you see that hey, you know what? Got to share something with me. I want to be open because I want our family to be free. And then how do we share this one with the family members that are saved? And then how do we yeah. share with the family members that aren't saved? Because this is very sensitive issues and I'm trying to live for God. I'm not trying to put a wedge between me right. and other people. So we don't have to bring it from the lens. One of the things is, is the world asks you for a health history and we give it willingly when we go to a doctor's appointment. We really do need to keep um, the lineage of our families alive, especially when you're talking about mixing in other people um, into it by marriage. A lot of times I said one of the worst things that's happening right now, you know, people talk about sexually transmitted diseases. I'm talking about spiritually transmitted demons. okay? (laughs) because people are straight up swapping. So when you go out there and do stuff, you're creating soul ties with something. You don't know what the heck. If people could say, see the background of what you bring into them, they say, oh, no, I'm cool, bro. We good. I don't want what you about to drop in me. I'm good. But there's an importance to the storytelling of knowing what is in a person's family lineage. So then that way, even you might be the prayer warrior for the family and you're living with a whole bunch of unsaved people. So you could just ask them, hey, you know, do you know any stories? Go to the person. Usually there's one historian in the family. Get all that information. Take it into the prayer room and start repenting for those things, you start renouncing that stuff off, severing soul ties, you start the process of healing. 
So prayer is very important. Prayer is extremely important, even when you see other people going through. And intermingled with that prayer is asking God for the strategies. You know, God wants us to ask him everything. God, how do I go about dealing with this? We don't have to guess. We don't have to. God will even lead us to the scriptures that will even illuminate. You know, he wants us to understand and to know. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, you know. And so we can go forth and ask him the strategies. How do you want me to start combating it? It's just like when the Israelites, when basically Moses was done. Okay, he he was done. God said, okay, Moses, take a gander. You're not going in. Joshua, you're up next. You're out. You're up. Joshua said, listen, get y'all stuff together. Three days. Y'all got to get your victuals, get it together because we're crossing over. Joshua didn't play around. We ain't walking around no more. <laughs> right? So Joshua, though he had his time with God, he was like, he pulled his sword up on an angel. The Lord yeah. was like, oh, Joshua, I am for God. Okay. So he was ready. But as you see, when they went in and when they finally crossed over, they had to follow every detail of God. Right. And it didn't even look like the way we would think about war. Right. So what wound up happening, the worshipers went through first and then he says, OK, now we're going to walk around this wall. We're just going to walk around. You know, the people on that fortified said, what is wrong with these lunatics? Yeah. You know, they thought they were crazier than crazy. Right. So they don't the walk way, this one time every day. OK. Yeah. Here they come again. It's 10 o'clock. They walk yes. again. Yeah. But but that's not the way. So God will give us strategies and he always will give you something that if you do a deeper dive in the word, he's going to give it to you. So now you can go check it against his word to make sure it's in there and he'll mm -hmm. lead you to it. Mm -hmm. You take that strategy and then don't mind what the enemy is saying. He's like, hmm, didn't you pray that about a week ago? Didn't mm -hmm. you pray that a year ago? We forget about the heroes of faith. We forget about the people that we read about yeah. in the Bible. David was given a promise when he was a youngster. He didn't come into the fullness of that thing for another 17 years. Saul was trying to destroy him. You know, Joseph, it was 13 years, you know, all, and it takes years, but we're in a microwave America. Woo, I, I got a microwave God, make it happen, make it happen, yeah. make it, make it, make No, that's not how it works. Character development and building and getting rid of this stuff that might have came through since slavery and Africa and witchcraft from Africa and all this stuff that's gotten in and nobody's prayed this stuff off. Some of this stuff is going to break off along the way. Oh, yeah. So we got to get started somewhere and take the strategies of what God is sharing with us to do. I do appreciate you saying a strategy because God mm -hmm. has equipped us through mm -hmm. everything. When he told Joshua, it's time to mount up, get yourself together. Yes. Moses, my boy, they ain't going to be able to do it. You're taking him through. He yes. told him he was going to take him through. And he told him, be strong and of good courage. Yes. And now this yes. is what you do. Yes. You know, so he encouraged him. He gave him the message in advance. And I yes. do, I do. <clears throat> Connect that with what you're saying. When you spend time with God about your situation, yes. he told you it's about the joy, the end goal. Yes. So, and so when God gives us a strategy, it's like I'm giving you the strategy for the end goal. Yes. You can't see all the moves that I'm about to no, set up. No, exactly. But when at the end, it's checkmate. 
Because yep. daddy's going to do his thing. That's it. But see, that's it. We don't want to go through the strategies. We don't that's want it. to walk blind through it. So mm -hmm. when God says do it and do yeah. it the unconventional way, you do it. Because, yes. you know, when you say, are you ready to do it? If God says drop down in the middle of where you work on your knees because yes. that coworker is bothering you, are you willing to drop down on your knees? If God is telling you to That's call right. a family member you haven't talked to for years, are you willing to call them and say, I am sorry? Yes. for what we've done. You know, are you willing to do what God is saying do? And Joshua was like, I'm willing. I'm yes. ready. I'm telling your people, let's go walk yes. and be quiet. Get yes. ready to shout when I say walk. And also the part is too, the worshipers went before him. They were worshiping, yes. singing and praising. Praise. And what you said is God gives us the joy yes. that we need to go through something. And so yes. because we get caught up in the woe is me. And so now I want to call somebody and cry with me. I want to, I want to take a pill to take over my pain. I want to yep. drink. I want to smoke. I want to do something else besides worship. Yeah. You know, after you repent, repent, worship a little bit, give God yes. some glory, thank him for what the end is going to be. The promise that he declared, he said, yes. I give unto you authority. Like you said, God gave us the authority. He said to trample over the enemy. Yes. Nothing, nothing, yes, nothing, nothing, any means harm nothing you. should nothing. harm you. Not yes. that demons that's possess you, not the healing yep. that's overtaking you, yep. not the abuse you've had, not yes. the depression that's in your mind. God yes. says nothing, nothing, harm nothing. Us. And so it's important to remind ourselves that when you're going through, as you said, go to that word first. Yes. Take it to the word first yes. and combat it. So if it's depression, what does the scripture say about that? If yes. it's demonic attack, what is God saying about that? Yes. What is God saying? Make it true and quote that to believe that. Exactly. Because I think we just don't know that we have the power. We don't, that's, we don't see it. healing. And so it's like, I don't know that I have the power. Can I really do that? I hear about it, but can yep. I really do that? Yes. And so you're saying we really can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. He says, I've given you all authority, as you said. And so I think it's in Mark chapter 16, <coughs> verse 9. Oops. Yes. I think it's in Mark where he talks about, I believe it is. Yes, Mark um, 16, verse 17. He says, <laughs> um, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. That's number one. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now he said, believers, he says, anyone that truly believeth." These are the things. Sometimes we read this and it makes for good poetry and it makes for, oh, that's so nice. And oh, yeah. But see, that's the work. The work yeah. is coming up against those strongholds. So that's where Jesus said, listen, it is finished. Now you get in there. Let me create, you know, like, let me work in you. Let me do a new thing in you. Renew your mind in me. Mm -hmm. And then you can walk into who you authentically are. You are a warrior sent here not to amass cars, not to amass homes, not to take the vacations, have cute kids and the selfies. No, I have given you a job to do. Now, 
Let's get you cleaned up because you've been through a lot of trauma. But listen, I'm going to work all those things together for good. Because if you love me, you're going to do these things. And I'm going to get the glory out of it. So a lot of this is, is that you will be able to cast out devils and, and, and to lay your hand on the sick and they shall recover. You know, prayer of the righteous availeth much. We say these scriptures, but the problem is their head knowledge and it's not here. It's not in the heart. There's a disconnect. So we say it, we think it, but we really don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And he says, once you allow this to get rooted here, you're going to see the Red Sea parted in your situations. But you got to get there. And that is like going to the gym for the first time after six years. <laughs> and you ain't worked out and you got to work out for an hour. Because it's, okay. it's that renewing of your mind. Yes, you know, that renewing of your mind ain't no joke. Yes, it's the lacking of the renewing of yes. the mind. Mm -hmm. We need our minds to be mm -hmm. renewed. We need mm -hmm. that to be renewed. And the way to renew that is like you said, you just read a whole scripture that said we can do it. Yes. So we can do it. So we can do it. So, we so can I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I believe that I'm healed. Yeah. I know that I'm healed. Yes. I believe that this can yes. be done. I believe that this can be yes. done. I believe it. And sometimes we think it has to be in the right now, in this yeah. generation. Case at a timer when God wants you to do it. He's not a popcorn mm -mm. God. And then 30 no. seconds is done. And no. a minute and 30 seconds is done. You know, no. because see what I'm what I'm learning is God says, I want you to rest in me. Yes. Yes, that's my passage. Lay I down. Well, yes. Yes. If I don't give you these things, you may be running all over. Yes. But when I give it to you, now you want to dwell. You want to yes. come. You want some time with Jesus. Right. You want to run off with me. And right. so we look at Lord, help me get out of this situation. When it's yes. Lord, help me see you in this situation. Yes. God, let me see you get the glory in this situation. Yes. How can I be part of you Ooh. getting the glory? instead of God get the glory but don't use me yes I do this but don't take 18 years <laughs> right need this to happen but not right now right right and that's of course the wrong attitude yes we trust what yeah, God trust is saying him. for us along the way there is healing there yes. is deliverance there yes. is power that God has given us if yes. he healed then and he's the same God he's as he is same. today then he can heal now yes. and we need to start expecting healing expecting deliverance when you're going through something it is not the end what did you nope. say God I'm not going to be in the hospital nope. for seven days nope. but I don't want to be cut nope. up like that mm -hmm. Lord I want to be used still for you yes. and so when you get to talking like that you better be covered with their word because yes. the enemy is like, oh, you think you tough? No, I don't right. think I'm tough. The word says I am tough. Yes. The word says I have the power. The word says I'm strong in God's might. The word says if I trust in God, these things will happen to me because thus said the word of God. I'm looking for my healing. I expect my healing and God yes. is going to get the glory out of it. <clears throat> yes, and most so definitely. I just encourage us as believers, yes. as believers, repent. 
Renew your mind. Spend some time with God. Not just a five-minute quick devotion. Spend some mm-hmm. time with God asking mm-hmm. him, God, show me myself. Mm-hmm. And when it yes. gets ugly, don't run from what you see. <laughs> Repent of what you see because yes. y'all know we ugly up underneath the hair and the clothes. There's some stuff that's going on that we definitely need to repent from. And so we definitely want to take take heed to that. So I do thank you for this time. Is there anything in closing you want to add? Because this has been a good topic to good topic for me. And I just want to recap some things you said to me. Immediately go into battle mode. Mm-hmm. Immediately go into battle mode. Don't get passive about the situation. Yes. Do up, girls. Get ready to boot up. Yeah, because we're going through. And then what does the word say about my situation? Mm-hmm. And then be in a, you said a perpetual state of repentance all day yeah. long. God, forgive me. God, yeah. I did it again. God, I don't remember that, but forgive me of this. And some of those things that we need to do. So grateful for that. Those are some of my takeaways with something in closing that um, you just want to remind us of <clears throat> when we talk about the healing of, um, Physical healing, demonic healing, strongholds. Yes. What's something you want to leave with us? I definitely want to say he has not given us a spirit of fear. And some of this is going to take to do the deep inner healing that needs to happen. God is so gentle. He's so sweet. When he started taking me down this road, he didn't break me off hard because I started calling around. I said, listen, this is what's presenting. Do you know anybody who who deals with this, like deliverance and healing? All that? They said, oh. It was almost like, I hate to say it like this. You know how you go into a, a club or something and they have the special stock hidden away? That's how it was in the church. I couldn't find nobody. I was calling all over. Where is this person? Person, where do I go? It was like back alley trying to find people to help me. And, and it was sad, but I finally um, started and he was so sweet. And then he started taking me deeper and deeper. And I'm like, God, is this real? Oh my God, this is something. So don't go in it with fear. And he knows you just re- rebuke it, renounce it and say, God, help me in my doubt and help me to walk forward in this. Teach me, surround me with people who are like-minded and wanting to understand fully how do we get free, you know? Um, Because even people, sometimes your pastors won't understand, other church leaders that you might admire, because they may lack the faith to believe what the word says. And so you'd have to find people who have results, you know, and or, or who are walking in that path. So never give up. And most of all, go to God. Just first of all, ask him. He'll he'll hook you up. But get ready, get ready. <laughs> you can say, oh, I didn't see that. Right. Uh, uh, what did you say, God? Get ready. Get ready. And on that note, I want to say get ready because we are in the process of working on a prayer revival. One thing you talked about was um, spending time with God. That's something we need to do. So we are so excited about igniting a passion for prayer conference that will be Saturday, December 3rd at the Copernicus Center, 5216 West Lawrence. Put that in your calendar. Save the day, book the time, because we are going to go to God as women in prayer about specific topics, about healing, specific prayers about women in ministry, specific prayers about our children, specific prayers about our finances. But we won't know what God has in store if we're not praying about it. So we are just so grateful for this opportunity with our special guest. We don't want to end here. We want to continue in prayer. We want to continue seeking 
seeking God for healing. We want to continue seeking others in the faith for it. So as you journey on, ladies, sisters in Christ, those of you, bring a sister with you. Bring one of your girlfriends with you to the prayer conference. And with that, I want to say thank you. It has been a blast. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to more of us talking about these topics that are almost like, shh, taboo. Don't talk about that. But it is the conversations that we can truly have because we're backed by the word of God about what thus says the word of God. So thank you. You have a good night. And thank you for sharing your story with us here and being transparent and let God use you tonight. Thank you and have a good night. Good night.